The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted one season or less, and sometimes we do it twice. <laughs> a show so canceled so nice, we had to do it twice. Uh, sure. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online, lately IGN.com as well. Everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold, and that's all you need to know. Yeah, that's a, that the sexy voice. I ran a 14 reel film. I thought you were going to say like Mile Marathon. Oh, well, it's, it's kind of... For a projectionist, that's about the same thing. What was what? What film was fourteen reels? Uh, two pre-show reels and twelve reels of film. The film was Grindhouse. Oh, that's a long movie. Which is uh, it's it's ten year anniversary at the New Beverly. We're celebrating awesome. its ten year anniversary. And I where got you to, work, uh, the New Beverly, the New Beverly, New Beverly Cinema, and it is owned by QT, Quentin Tarantino. No, that would be Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And uh, he's celebrating the 10th anniversary of his movie, so we're, we're showing the original theatrical cut of it. And I like that and movie, it, so that's and cool. And it was quite a task to, to run that reel-to-reel. The theatrical cut of Grindhouse is a, is a real hoot and a half. I'm mm. actually a big, big fan of that movie. Yeah. So that's yeah. cool. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. Even though we are. <laughs> we are talking about that, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about uh, our failings. Because well, we're, we're, play, uh, we're playing catch up on something we never thought we'd have to play catch up on. Yeah, and it's a it's a reason why a lot of people are like, oh, every time something gets canceled, mm. we get a lot of tweets, a lot of messages saying, oh, you should can't you should review this show that just got canceled. Mm. And this incident is why we're not going to rush that again for a while. <laughs> uh, back in earlier this year. Uh, yeah, February, March. Uh, Doubt, starring Katherine Heigl and Elliot Gould, was one of the first cancellations of the 2016-2017 TV mm-hmm. season, and it was canceled after only two episodes. And we thought, well, damn, we got to review that. We can review that now. Yeah, we can watch just, that tonight. Just, it's, yeah, <laughs> cut, out, that. cut out the commercials. That's less than most feature films. And, so yeah. and indeed, most shows that are canceled after one or two episodes, they don't bother releasing the other episodes because there wasn't enough interest. So we thought we were on safe ground. <laughs> ah. And then they released the rest of the season. They did. Yeah. Then they, they completed a full season of this. This yeah. was 13 episodes. But they waited until the summer to do it. Mm. So it took us a while to actually be able to watch those episodes. They wrapped up. Uh, those episodes aired from July 1st, 2017 through August 12th, 2017. Uh, it took us about a month uh, mm. to fit it into our schedule to do the whole series, but by gum, we're doing it now. <laughs> so to, uh, to because recap, we want to serve you, we're, that's the kind of podcast hosts we are. We are. Listen, Cancel Too Soon is a show in which we review television series no one gives a crap about from decades ago. We care about being thorough. <laughs> that's why we're here. You know, there's there's never going to be another opportunity to mm-hmm. talk about most of these shows. Yeah, we'll see if doubt not in any length consciousness anyway. and. 
any sort of way. Because like you see, you see like lists online shows that were canceled too soon, mm. or shows you won't believe existed. But people usually write like a paragraph, maybe two or three paragraphs about it mm. if they're really going nuts. We spent like an hour fucking talking about these shows. Like we're trying to be the last word on these shows, mm. and Put, this will be our last word on doubt. By God, <laughs> we're fucking <laughs> done with this. If doubt, if doubt is renewed, I'm oh gonna be God. so mad. I don't, it's not gonna be renewed. No, I don't think it did that well. Uh, but so to recap, mm. uh, doubt is a legal show starring Catherine uh, Heigl, Elliot Gould, Dulé Hill. Um, let's see who else. Who else? Uh, Dreamer uh, Walker is uh, on the show. Uh, Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox, who is a mm. trans woman and was mm. quite notably the. I think she was actually the second trans woman to have a regular uh, role on a series, but to have a role this prominent mm. um, now was certainly one hell of a win. Mm. Um, and, and indeed, with the re- with the release of these new episodes, my wife brought this to my attention. Uh, there is a scene where she has a conversation with two other trans women. Mm-hmm. And they just sort of converse about dating, yeah, which is no- something that has never happened on network TV. Yeah, I saw a couple uh, of think pieces about uh, that, about how it's good that Doubt came back because we wouldn't have had progressive representation like that mm. on TV had they not aired those episodes. So that is true. That is and, a win. And her, she actually has a whole new story arc that we didn't really get into. Oh, so didn't yeah. even they didn't even start? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're, in fact, a lot of a lot of shit went down on Doubt. Uh, so the so basic it's, gist it's, of it is it takes place in New York, mm-hmm. and there's one gigantic case that we saw the introduction of in the first two episodes Mm -hmm. and it'll come and go sporadically but it's mostly focusing on this one case with this guy named Billy uh, that Catherine Heigl is secretly dating and who has been accused of a murder that occurred 26 years earlier Yeah, and they they found like new evidence and they're going to take him to court for it now this this wealthy New Mm. York socialite who became a pediatric surgeon Mm. uh, was accused of murdering, bludgeoning to death his college girlfriend and they've been trying to uh, make this murder rap stick to him for over two decades and they came into some new evidence they found the murder weapon uh, and he's now they might be taking him to trial Catherine Heigl plays Sadie she is his lawyer along with uh, Dulé Hill Mm -hmm. uh, who plays Albert uh, and he's great. I like Dulé Hill a lot. Dulé Hill's yeah. a good actor. I, I like Dulé Hill a lot. I, I like the cast and I like all the characters. The, the, the cast show, is so really yeah. is 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 pretty solid. Once we get past the first two episodes, which are pretty rocky, they have more to work with and they mm. come into their own. And you'll find that on most shows, the cast usually settles in after a bit, yeah. even if they don't get uh, off to the best start. But, yeah, uh, but in any case, she's there. There, the, this trial is the background of every episode throughout the whole season. It takes center stage a couple of times. Um, certainly in the last couple episodes yeah, the, the when big, it all wraps up. The big climax yeah. is about that particular case. And, so, and, and the fact that Sadie is sleeping with this guy is also a huge plot point because if they lose the case, once people start finding out mm. that she's sleeping with him, they're like, not only is this unethical, but if you lose the case and he goes to jail, he can have a mistrial declared because of you. You'll be disbarred, and he and will get off. And he'll get yeah. off, which maybe he doesn't deserve to. Mm. So, yeah, you're really stupid. And she's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and but I she, love him, so yeah. She, she, she's a, a pretty brilliant lawyer. She's a ball buster. She's, you know, mm. really, really dynamic and, and energetic and forthright to a point where people don't necessarily really like her, but they like working with her. Yeah, and, and she and, is... And, and Albert is really good friends with her, even yeah. though they 
they don't necessarily jibe uh, professionally, which it, I think is a good dynamic. And it's interesting that over the course of because in the first two episodes that we reviewed previously, and you can listen to the whole episode that's still available right now. We're not going to go into the first two episodes too much. Um, well, they're introduced as close friends, confidants, if you will. Mm. She keeps uh, <laughs> the the sexual relationship a secret from him mm. for way too long, and yeah, he yeah. ends up he, he really, finds out like episode nine or something. yeah, and he yeah. ends up calling her on it, and it's a huge mess and mm. with good cause. Uh, but um, what I think is interesting is that I think almost any other show would have pushed at the very least to allow audiences to sort of to, to ship them. So that Albert and Sadie might, well, oh, they'll end up together in season five, certainly, right? I mean, by the end of the show, clearly they're like, there's no sexual chemistry. They're just friends. And I like I, that. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. There's there's some sexual chemistry between some other supporting players, and we'll get into that later. But uh, yeah. yeah, so there's that one story that lasts throughout the whole entire season. But there's also typically a case of the week. Yeah. And Sometimes is... two cases of the week. Yeah. And, uh, and I appreciate that structure a lot. This is something that I saw in that TV show, Burn Notice, mm. where they would have a case of the week that would take up the bulk of the episode in Burn Notice. And then in almost an epilogue or sort of in the third act, mm. we have some time devoted to the overarching story of the main character and why he got burned and why he's stuck in Miami. Yeah, there's, there's and, a, I think, uh, and I, I like, think, um, I like that we, we were able to have both of those things because you could have like a satisfying conclusion to one story and still be intrigued by this mystery that's kind of lingering in the back. Yeah, I, there's there's early shows that I think pioneered this real world well because mm. I think for the most part of up and through like the X-Files, mm. um, there were like... Uh, what, what do you call them? There were like ongoing plot episodes, mythology episodes. Yeah, the myth, then, they, call, they call them the myth arcs. And or... then there were Monster of the Week episodes, mm-hmm. and rarely did the twain meet. And what we saw in the 90s were a lot of shows trying to sort of combine those better. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer did a really good job oh, of yeah. keeping what they called the big bad, the seasonal big bad, alive in every episode and engaged in every episode, even if they weren't the source of the plot or action at that time. Mm-hmm. And what that did was it really just kept everything connected so that you didn't want to miss an episode, even if next week's episode looked really disposable. <laughs> and there's a there's a legal show uh, I really loved. It lasted two seasons, so we can't cover it here. Murder One. Uh, the first season was about one long murder trial throughout the entire season. It's very much the same structure Doubt is using, but they liked Doubt for the early episodes. They were still doing other cases. You know, okay. there's they yeah. they are lawyers. They have a whole firm. There yeah. are more than one case going on. And then Murder One settled in and ended up becoming more about that one case as time went on. Doubt even like in the last couple of episodes, there are other cases. And mm. honestly, it's that weird sort of juxtaposition that sometimes makes the show interesting and sometimes makes the show seem like it doesn't know what the hell it is. Because the murder trial is pretty straightforward TV mystery drama, mm. sexy the, soap and opera stuff. And yeah, like twists and turns and surprise witnesses and all the rest. Yeah, the stuff you've seen. And then the actual like case of the week stuff mm. will often be weirdly intense. There's like some, very strangely well, I, different. I, I love that we actually have a great variety of cases, and it means we have kind of a good variety of tones as we go, uh, and we have the same characters reacting to these wild things the way those characters react to. So it's like last week we have you know we're trying to get a rape trial started, and that's you know really heady stuff, and mm-hmm. we can't get other victims to come forward. And the next episode it's like, oh, and here's somebody who like trolled cannibal websites, mm-hmm. and it's kind of and she's kind of strange and funny, and, yeah, and her employees re- are trying to get her arrested because they feel threatened. I, I realize that you know when when you're a, it's like night court, you know when you're when you're a lawyer, you get just sort of 
whoever's coming through. You take right. the cases you get. And indeed, but what's interesting is that most legal shows tend to sort of pick the tone that they're going to have. Right. And those cases that they have reflect that tone. I remember when Ally McBeal and The Practice were still on the air mm. uh, at the same well, time. Th- this is a child of those, by the way. Definitely. Like a direct descendant. Especially Ally McBeal, mm. although it's not nearly as twee. Uh, and thank goodness. I think so. And the first couple seasons, Ally McBeal were good. And then, <laughs> um, but David E. Kelly did both of those shows. Mm-hmm. And Ally McBeal was a show about um, sort of upper crust, you know, expensive defense attorneys. And for the most part, their cases were pretty chill. Were pretty mm. silly, fun, flighty. They could. They occasionally did some darker stuff, but for the most part. You could watch it with the family, don't have to feel too bad about it. Mm. The practice was the dark, gritty show <laughs> about murders and death and stuff. Mm. And then they did a crossover between the practice and Ally McBeal, and it was so wrong. <laughs> like there was nothing technically wrong with it, but just seeing those characters in those environments are just mm. like I, I can't. This is. It's not that I don't buy that they're lawyers and they do different cases. I don't buy that the lawyers from Ally McBeal know what murder is. Like that's just never occurred to them. It's a thing that it's like Pleasantville. Mm. Like it's just like murder. <laughs> Who, who's he? Don't so I, I think Doubt actually kind of deftly handled the, the tone really well because there was never one episode that was like sort of a gigantic clash between the two. We had like the main story. Well, the second episode we when, talked about initially yeah. was real, real off because the issue with the second episode was... Um, the, the, the B case. The B case was a, a former judge who was on trial for having sex with his wife who had Alzheimer's. And, and, and the can, question, some, can someone with Alzheimer's give consent? That's the question. Yeah. And that was such a kind of a icky discussion. It's a, it's a real discussion that needs mm. to be had because, my God, you know that, that will happen someday. One person has Alzheimer's, the other person has to deal with it, and maybe they have a good day, but can that matter? You can have that conversation. But when the show was canceled... You know, some people, listeners of the show, even like replied to us on Twitter when we did the episode, just like, yeah, that plot was so gross, I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> and there's a couple that are pretty dark. Yeah, as like- this season progressed, um, there is one about a woman who is uh, raped in mm-hmm. college, and she brings uh, her. She brings the accusation to the school board. The mm. school board says it's a case of he should see said, and you know we can't side with you because we don't want to destroy his career. Also, which is also he's a rich white kid, so ripped from the yeah. headlines. Fucking bullshit. So she starts wearing a sandwich board with his picture on it, saying, yeah. "This is the man." Who, she's like handing out flyers. This is the man who raped me. Yeah. he's not facing justice. And I need to get this out there. And he sues her for harassment and defamation mm. of character because he wasn't convicted of anything. Mm. And so, in order to basically to keep her from having her life destroyed because she told people she was raped um, they have to find someone else to corroborate her story even though there were no witnesses mm-hmm. um, they were able eventually at the end of the episode to find someone else who who, who was raped this, by this, this man young but, man also but attacked, that's yeah. such a harsh storyline it's, it's, that the cutesy like romantic of, subplots yeah. just play weird in contrast <laughs> uh, we and we see everything mostly from the interior of courtrooms. It's you know the the cops are never involved. This is just a law show. Yeah, there's like one <clears> scene <throat> in a in a in a, in and, a uh, cop department, police and, department. And even though the cop cr- department. The, the cop department the cop department sounds like a show we'd review. <laughs> Sorry, uh, well, starring Central, Ernie Hudson and Steve Gutenberg. Central and, Organization of Police Specialists. Cop department. Fighting crime in a future time. Uh, 
That's a different show. We'll get to that eventually. It, was that against the only one season? I think, I think it had three, I think actually. that one lasted uh, fine. That was a cool show, mm. though. Cops is a fun uh, uh, anime. But yeah, th- they never go as, as gritty as something, even as something as easily consumed as like Law & Order SVU. Where, but um, they do have ripped from the headline stuff. They do. There's they another do. one, but where, it, it's, um, it's it's a little. Even though the stories are serious, it's the tone of the thing is a little less stern. It's less stern, but mm. I sometimes worry about that doing a disservice because you want to have. Um, a, there's another episode in this in the later part of the season, mm. um, in which the B case of the week is a kid who was a police stopped a, a kid for tagging a building. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a straight oh, yeah, A student. Yeah. He never did anything illegal before. Th- this he was a pretty relevant episode. Yes, yeah. it was. And it was a black kid, and the kid panicked because he's seen all the stuff on the news, and he's aware of American history, and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be shot to death. <laughs> and he gets in his car. He hasn't been arrested. He gets in his car, calls his dad, says, what should I do? And dad says, drive home, drive safely, drive legally. And he does. Doesn't break any laws. Just drives home. But he doesn't pull over with the police. And doesn't pull yeah. over. Doesn't do anything dangerous either. The police, of course, pull their guns on them. No one gets shot. But the question is, was he behaving in a rational, justified manner, or was he merely resisting arrest? Mm-hmm. And they, I actually really did appreciate, though, because as heavy as that is, and they had to have some real big speeches about it, mm-hmm. the cast did a really good job. I liked the ending that they had, this sort of inherit the wind kind of ending, yeah. where it's just like, <laughs> we have to find in this way, but the judge doesn't have to punish people as badly as they should. Or yeah. as, they, as they could, well, as the and, letter of the law and, says. And they're judges. You know? And I, I think yeah. that the judge says, it's like, you know what? That's your judgment, but I'm the judge here. And yeah. I, I here's what I think should happen. And I'm a judge and I can do that. There's one thing that happens in an episode. <clears throat> um, it's the cannibalism episode. And this is, again, mm-hmm. there's this very meek librarian who just mm. finds a cannibalism like a, a fantasy cannibalism website. Mm. And she's on the forums talking about how she'd like to eat her coworkers. Partially because she thinks it's neat, and obviously there's a certain fetishistic element to it, but also because she feels powerless, and that gives her power, and it's a fantasy world. Mm. And it, it's a it's a straightforward thought police case. She hasn't done anything wrong. Right. There's right. no reason to think she's going to do anything wrong in particular. It's just people feel uncomfortable about mm. that. It goes to the jury. The jury finds her guilty, and the judge says, you're stupid, and I'm throwing out <laughs> your verdict. Right. And I'm like... Was, can, I, I think that was Saul Rubinak in that episode, too. You can you like a, do that? Can the judge ju- just do that? A, That's, a judge, do that? I believe a judge can overturn a jury's... Uh, but then why have a jury if the judge can do that? Well, I, I think it's really, really rare. I think the judge <sighs> you know, ha- has the propriety, but they don't take advantage of it. That was a know, Sid Caesar sketch when like, someone showed up and was just like, we find the defendant not guilty. And Sid Caesar, who was playing the judge, was like, are you stupid? <laughs> Get to this. Were you too paying attention? <laughs> I mean, that was a joke. I didn't know that was a thing you could actually do. Um, we did a thing when uh, we reviewed the first two episodes of Doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the pre- the following episodes had been announced. We had the titles, except for the last episode. But we didn't know what they were. There were no like descriptions. Mm. So uh, we decided that we would come up, based only on what we knew from the first two episodes and the titles of those episodes. Mm, what the uh, stories were going to we be. Were, we were going to try to figure out the season, uh, and we're going to basically tell you how close we came. Because <laughs> you have the old notes out here. I do have the old notes. Well, I wrote them down. I could, I could play you the clips, but it'd be a long right. episode, and that's a lot of editing. Uh, so uh, so uh, mm. uh, by the end of episode two, 
Here's basically what had happened. Okay. Sadie was in love with, but not sleeping with, Billy, the pediatrician accused of murder. Right. Uh, and, and they were open about that they were falling in love with each other. They're open with each other, but yeah. not to other people, because right. obviously that would have been a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the case, uh, they had a murder weapon that had the victim's blood on it and another set of blood. No one knew, knew whose it was. And he offered, even though he didn't have to, to let his DNA be tested. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came back negative. It wasn't right. his blood. That's great. But the case will continue anyway. Um, and that's basically that. Um, episode three was called Poison Prize. Our theory, <laughs> yes, again, based only on Poison, poison prize, prize, was that a frat boy was going to be accidentally killed with alcohol poisoning at a frat party and his fraternity brothers would be held responsible. Uh, meanwhile, Sadie learns that Billy has been dealing in non FDA approved medications. That is not what it's, happened. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Still a good idea, I, I say, but uh, no, that was not the, the plot of episode three. Uh, no, the plot of episode three mm-hmm. is actually a massive police corruption scandal. Um, a guy uh, is trying to, his sister was arrested for very <coughs> petty drug dealing uh, because she wasn't actually dealing drugs. She was dealing like placebos, telling people there were drugs. Right. But when the verdict came down from like the medical lab, they said it was actually ecstasy. And he's like, well, that's not right. Mm. So he's a cool computer hacker guy and he breaks into the police department's files and finds out that they've been doing that shit for forever. Mm. And now they have a ton of evidence. And it turns out that Sadie is actually able to get like the district attorney in charge of prosecuting Billy's case thrown off because he was doing that. Which is pretty heavy. For, heavy and also clever. Yeah. Um, let's see. What we, oh, and there's also uh, uh, Sadie has a lot of doubts about Billy's innocence because he switched shirts in the middle of the night and he has no good ex- explanation for why. Uh, but, they, but they find out at the, by the end of the episode. Uh, yes, they do. The, the, he was, the, he just they, put on someone else's jersey by mistake after having sex. Yeah, they, they were at a teen party. People were having sex. He mm. had sex in a, in a room of a teammate, and he put on his jersey, and that explains that. Uh, this is also uh, the episode in which Cameron... And Tiffany, the uh, Hayseed from mm-hmm. Iowa character, mm-hmm. um, that's the show's description, not mine. Uh, they're representing a psychic. Mm, that's right. A psychic is accused of bilking one of her clients, um, and she may or may not be a real psychic. And it turns out, um, yeah. well, well, they they can't prove in court that she's psychic. So yeah, yeah she, she ends up going to jail, yeah. and the guy ends up feeling really bad about it because psychic or no, she actually did help him out, and and really cares about him, and yeah, you know, understands. She, there's what's actually going on an interesting. Uh, there's actually an interesting point she brings up. I thought was actually a clever bit of writing, mm. which was she charges him like sixty five thousand mm. dollars to like find like for like some sort of supernatural private detective in the afterlife kind of thing. And it sounds like bullshit. And she even kind of says it's bullshit. And this whole thing is this, he's a banker and he only, he sees monetary value as actual value. Uh So everything I was doing that didn't cost a lot, he was willing to disregard it. Once it costs something, he was able to see that it actually meant something. And so Mm. his therapy wasn't working. This was, 
So that was actually kind of interesting. And that's that's actually a real thing. Uh, They've Mm -hmm. done like psychological tests on people and they find that they they are much more satisfied with a product if they pay more for it. Mm -hmm. Even if they feel like they have to get something. Like somebody paid less for the same product and they're less satisfied with it. And I think sometimes I think sometimes this is the disconnect between film critics and like general audiences. Hmm. Um, film critics are a good film critic anyway is not necessarily thinking about the cost of it It doesn't matter that they see a movie for free at a critic screening Mm. but I think mainstream audiences they just spend a lot of money to go see a movie they don't want to think to themselves that it sucked well, also the, <laughs> that they wasted their money. They don't want to do that. There's they also get this, they, this we whole spent the money. Let's enjoy what we got out of it. Yeah, you know, the, try, try, it's a matter of positive thinking. It's try, not naive. Trying, trying to enjoy it, trying to be positive, and also kind of getting on board with this sort of big machine that's behind a lot of these movies. Like, oh, it's this is an exciting thing that everyone is sharing. All right. Uh, so, episode mm-hmm. uh, the next episode, episode four, clean burn. Mm-hmm. Our theory was that it was going to be about a negligent laundromat owner's exploding machine having killed somebody. Meanwhile, there's a mysterious fire at the warehouse with Billy's evidence. Now, there actually is potentially like evidence tampering and everything in Billy's case. Right. So we weren't terribly S- far Sadly, off. we were a little too blunt about that. But yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, this is the one with her childhood best friend. Yeah. Who has to end up staying with her. But it turns out her childhood best friend kind of hates her now. Her childhood best friend was on probation. Mm. So she couldn't be in the same room as a hardened criminal. But she happened to go to someone's birthday party where mm. a felon was present. Mm. So she's in violation of probation. Sadie <laughs> argues that the problem is that she just lives in a bad neighborhood and she can't necessarily confirm that everyone in every room she's in is a criminal or not. So she says she has to move and Sadie says, okay, well, she'll move in with me. Yeah. This lasts half an episode. It's actually kind of a non-subplot. It doesn't really go anywhere. It's it doesn't a, really build well, anything. Well, it's weird that we... What I find kind of weird, but also a little bit refreshing, is that these little kind of wispy subplots are also assigned to Sadie and other, like, main characters. Yeah. Like, they're all involved with this. Sadie doesn't just get the one case. She also gets to... She's a working lawyer. She has to do things during the day, you know, to to earn earn her keep. Yeah. Yeah, so she also gets kind of a wispy subplot. Uh, Mm. Meanwhile, uh, Albert is Mm. visited by... This is the episode with his father. Yeah. He's visited by his father, played by Carl Lumley, who is Mantis. Oh, we're going to get to Mantis. <laughs> we're going to do Mantis for you, gentlemen. But let me, t- ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. Mantis, uh, out of print, a little expensive right now. So well, we're well, not getting to it as quickly as we want. But we'll, we'll find it we'll for a reasonable price to, and we'll get it. We'll settle it up, settle up to it. Mantis point, was the superhero show that Sam Raimi helped create long before he did Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, about a paraplegic scientist who dons Mantis-like body armor mm. to fight crime like invisible dinosaurs. <laughs> And, and, he, and he freezes people with freeze darts. Yeah. And Curtis Armstrong plays a guy who can stop time. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, That's m- what I was doing on Friday nights in uh, the 90s. Meanwhile, Isaiah, played by Elliot Gould, ends up in a case against his former partner. Oh, this is about, so funny. About dog poop. Yeah. And meanwhile, and Dean Cameron, one of my favorite almost teen heartthrobs from the 80s. <laughs> you might recall him from summer school and, of course, Rockula. Mm. Uh, he plays the judge. And his whole thing is, you're talking about dog poop. And they're talking about, like, because like, the whole thing is some dog pooped on this guy's stoop. And, and, and the, the, the guy complained, and now he's taking him to court over it. Yeah, yeah. and because they have this, like, deep-seated rivalry over decades, mm. that they are just going to town on and, this, citing decades of precedent, <laughs> having the poop tested by scientists. And, and these are both, like... Clarence Darrow types, but their relationship is more like Professor Farnsworth and Professor Wernstrom. <laughs> Wernstrom. <laughs> the 
Futurama <laughs> reference there. That's a good one. Uh, but just the, the di- all of their dialogue is great. And you can tell Elliot Gould and the other actor are having such a great time kind of playing mm. off of one another. And Elliot Gould's character uh, previously was kind of like a, a really hard line political activist who was really about sort of the cause and bringing down the man. And they started up this law firm to help the, the underdog from being persecuted by rich guys. But now he's an older rich guy. What do you do with that? So he's kind of taken in the moment by this opportunity to face off against his old rival. It's like stick it to the man again. Is and it, okay? Well, my dog's been crapping. Well, yeah, we're not we're not gonna let. The man take care, take advantage of you, poor guy. Actually, I'm a rich neurosurgeon. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I don't actually care. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, meanwhile, Albert and Tiffany are trying a very depressing arson case about dead children. Well, the, the, a, a man is accused of lighting his children on fire, and he claims it's an accident. And they yeah, to, and, and, that's uh, very depressing. Mm. That's just flat out. There's not even. Well, and, and there's and not a positive resolution to it. It's not like the, the kids turn out okay. It's just it's no. The kids. The kids are already dead. But yeah. you know, it's is this man going to be punished or for something he didn't do? And that's yeah. you know what the, being a defense is, lawyer is all about. This is another episode though where the humor of it, the wackiness of it, mm. kind of flies in the face of the severity with and the seriousness with which they seem to want to take the law. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of questions, but there's a lot of ethical questions that pop up throughout the series. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, again, very serious, depressing stories about sadness and murder. Mm-hmm. And yet, in the poop case. <laughs> okay, so we're having a lighthearted aside mm-hmm. about poop. Fine. But Dean Cameron, who plays the judge, he finally says, he shuts both of them up mm-hmm. and says, You're going to have to settle this amongst yourselves. Or else I'm going to hold you in contempt of court and I'm going to find your next client guilty. And I'm like, you can't say that. You can't, you can't, even, you can't even say that. <laughs> that's really, you You just can't. And they just throw it away like it's, like it's fine. I'm like, that's not okay. That's actually fucked up. And your attempt to turn this into a lighthearted little joke mm. kind of contradicts all that severity. Right. Well, I think the comment of the show, and this is something that you could say about most legal shows, is that it's it's trying to, to tackle all of the weird, complex ins and outs and emotional ups and downs of simply the American legal system. Right. And how the American legal system is set up to deal with all of these things. And if you work in law, you have to try a poop trial in, in one morning right. and then turn around and defend a murder. But when you handle the poop trial... Mm-hmm. As if the legal system doesn't matter and I, is actually... Ju- I mean, I'm saying is you have to treat the, those the judge with a was, certain amount of severity. The judge was clearly joking in that mm-hmm. moment. I think it's fine. I don't think it's fine. And, I don't and think they, and they have a, No, the judge is not really allowed to say that. A okay. judge would be fired for saying Exactly my that. point. Yeah. There are all these legal questions, and yet that one so is So Dean Cameron is out of a job. That's what there we, we can infer from Great. that episode. All right, in episode five, <clears> our <throat> theory was... Which is called Not a Word. The theory was it was going to be a deaf client witnesses a crime Mm. and a question of whether lip reading is admissible in court. Funnily enough, lip reading turns out to be admissible in court (laughs) later in the episode, later in the season. Meanwhile, Billy sends Sadie a nude pic in court. Ooh. Episode five is actually about a rape victim accused of harassing her rapist by calling him a rapist. Uh, meanwhile, the DNA evidence seems to clear Billy. Uh, and oh, this is actually this is the Cape Fear episode because this is the episode this is where, the one with the serial killer. This is actually fucked up. So yeah. Albert is uh, defending a serial killer. He's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. 
Uh, the serial killer is clearly going down, but the uh, prosecution offers leniency if he just reveals the location of the teenage boy he killed. Leniency in that he'd get 10 years taken off a rather already lengthy sentence. Yeah, like he's going to jail for a very, very long time, but maybe he'll get out someday. Like that, because the family just wants it over with. They want some closure. And the the serial killer, or at least the, the killer, mm. um, is not happy about how the trial is going, and he wants to punish Albert. So he tells Albert where the boy is buried and says, and that is protected by, uh, by, by uh, confidentiality, mm. and uh, you're not allowed to tell anyone ever. Yep. And that is eating and, Albert away inside. And, and Albert even, even says, he's like, and... And he told me, and I can't tell anybody. He's talking yeah. to Tiffany about this. Yeah, like, everyone else is just like, about- we'll just send an anonymous tip somewhere. He's just mm-hmm. like, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And once we break the seal on that, no one will ever trust their lawyer ever again. That was the plot of Cape Fear. And the lawyer mm-hmm. in Cape Fear at the beginning of the movie you know, knew his client was guilty. He allowed his client to go to jail. And that ended up biting everybody in the ass in both versions of Cape Fear, both of mm-hmm. which are quite good. <laughs> I like the Scorsese version better. Um, I've seen neither, actually. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. they're both good. Okay. Both got, the original is just you know a little stodgier. It's from the '60s, but the, the, Martin Scorsese directed the fuck out of that <laughs> Cape Fear remake. It's insane. That's one of the best horror movies of the '90s. That movie is great. Um, so uh, so yeah. So uh, we've lot lot going on basically. Um, it's kind of kind of a dark episode. The the way they kind of lightened up the episode is actually Cameron, who has sort of the most humane or not human. I guess more human down to earth story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, Cameron, the Laverne Cox character. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually has this whole arc that's going on, on throughout most of these episodes where she finds a, a handsome prosecutor that she's really attracted to. And, and they went to school together they long to, ago yeah, and, before she transitioned. And they kind of reconnect and he's clearly attracted to her and she's attracted to him. And he pursues her rather doggedly. Oh and, yeah, he's and, very interested. And, and she's like, oh, I'm not really sure about dating a prosecutor and she's not really sure if she's into the guy, but she mm-hmm. kind of is. And eventually, he wears her down, and they start dating a not, little not bit. In, not in a terrible way. He's actually relatively way. charming, and she just says, okay, fine. Uh-huh. And they end up going out for quite a while before she ends up sleeping with him, and there's mm-hmm. a whole thing. Because she's concerned that here's this guy. He's mm-hmm. going to be... He's he's dallying in the world of non-conventional uh, yeah, gender it's, identities it's, and it's, sexual th- th- This is something of, you know, a lot of... A lot of uh, if, if Dan Savage is to be trusted, a lot of like straight men have sort of dabbled in that world and broken a lot of hearts that way. Yeah, and, and she's uh, and very she's wary, and so, she's yeah. wary. She's very well aware of it. She's very um, she's very smart about it for the most part. Mm. And um, and, and, I, and I like their conversations. They're actually yeah. like he's he's really trying to be kind of conventionally romantic, and she's her dialogue is actually very cautious in a very real way. Yeah, so. as that uh, mm. storyline progresses, they end up sleeping together. It seems nice, and then they end up. On opposite sides of a case, and uh, after, as may be predicted, yeah, after a day, she's like, "We we have to, we have to disclose this. It's mm-hmm. a it's an issue, or my client might uh, feel as if it's a problem. The judge might think it's a problem. We have a responsibility." And he's like, "Okay." And, and then she's then, like, "And she, you know that will mean it is public knowledge that you are dating me, a mm-hmm. trans woman." And he's like, "Okay." And then he doesn't go to work the next day, mm-hmm. and he and he freaks. Freaks the F yeah, out. He and panics, yeah. and he just realizes that, oh, this is, I once I do this, 
this will this will change the way people look at me mm-hmm. for in a shitty way because they're shitty people and that's just a shitty mm-hmm. stigma that we have but i it's still something i will have to live yes. with and he panics and then he immediately realizes like not immediately mm-hmm. within 24 hours he realizes what a horrible mistake that was and i'm happy to disclose it all and she's like no yeah you yeah, fucked yeah. up the time to panic about this and talk to me about it was before you failed me <laughs> was before you went and, to work and, with, you, you, know, you, you called in sick i'm i'm and you know she, that's totally within her rights. She's she smart about is it. Yeah. Smart about it. Yeah. She doesn't have to. And this is good advice for anybody in this situation. You don't have to pursue the guy with the ba- with baggage. You don't yeah. have to deal with his issues. You can if he hurts you because of his baggage, yeah. leave him behind. If he's immature enough to do it once, he's probably immature enough mm. to do it again. Which is and, why it bothers me uh, that like within like two scenes, she feels as though she's made a huge mistake and well, she runs back to it's him. It's because it, as it turns out, God works in their uh, law firm in, <laughs> in the form of the receptionist. <laughs> I love the receptionist character Do because you? she's really yeah. She, she's Wait, which of, one? Because there are two. There's the wacky, crazy. I'm gonna buy a teacup pig receptionist, no, and then there's no, no. the smart Lucy, acerbic. The smart, oh. the smart acerbic one. She, she well, they're is both God. named Lucy, aren't they? Isn't that the gag? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, not 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 the young ditzy one, but the the older yeah. wise one. Yeah. Uh, fair enough, mm. but and even the, so, the, the, the I, younger Ditsy like one a... did make me giggle a lot. Like, and we're talking about the serious rape case. God. She, uh, you know, we're talking about something very serious, and then she like comes flouncing in. I'm getting a teacup pig. You're all my references. Bye. It's like, what show did she blow in? From? Again, the that dramatic mm. contrast, that contrast in tone. Mm really just feels unnuanced to me. It feels like they're oh, really I, trying real hard. I think they handled it fine. I think I think uh, it was really wise about sort of the the uh, a more rich tapestry of sort of the legal experience rather than just sort of focusing on one dour tone all throughout. Yeah, um, yeah and uh, eventually he be- uh, this this is like over the course of several episodes we're just oh, yeah, covering we're, the we're, we're giving you the story of arc. But yeah, eventually uh, she does go back to him because for you know, forgiveness is an, kind of a new thing for her, and they decide to give it a go. And it turns out he's going to be like a star DA, and f- he continues to charge forward uh, with being public about his relationship mm-hmm. with a trans woman. Yeah, uh, and even though that might cause him some professional woes now, and I think he he becomes very brave very quickly. Well, even very even though brave, but he does. Well, he, he does. He, he starts. He starts to yeah. He becomes a little bit more if, redeemable. He has a speech which is. Ignorant and painful, and is something that he, you know is clearly very honest. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to do, and I think they played it well, even though he's not the most enlightened character. My problem with this whole subplot, mm. really, and it, it's not the fault of the actors; they're both they're both really really great. And mm. Laverne Cox was someone who. Um, really didn't have much to work with in the first two episodes. And as the mm. series progresses, she gets a lot more material, mm. a lot more uh, opportunities mm. to expand, shine. She becomes one of the highlights of the show, mm. certainly. Um, but this subplot, it's just the speed with which she dashes to take him back. And I think that, yeah, I think yeah. that devalues the strength the dramatic strength and the thematic strength mm. of her saying, no, you fucked up, and I'm going to take that seriously. Mm. If they well, had waited an episode or the, two... They did. And give, they no, waited they, an episode, didn't they? No, no, they really did. Burned right into it. Mm. It's really fast. Like oh. I think They needed to like give it time. All right. Give at, it a couple at, of episodes, at least a couple one of kids. episode. At or... least one or two. Like, let, let him 
stew in it, realize what a terrible thing he was, let him respect her decision, and then maybe mm. as they interact with each other more, because they do work in the same environment, they would realize there's still something there and that mm. he's behaving in a consistent manner that she can respect and appreciate now and that she might be willing to give him another chance as opposed to, but he's so nice, he gets mm. another chance. Mm. That bothered me. Okay. I, don't think that was, I don't think that was well handled. Okay. But on paper, it's okay. It's just the, the pacing mm. of it was all off. Uh, the next episode... We're on number six now? Yeah, was Faith. Our theory was going to be a clergyman can't violate the sanctity of a criminal's confession. Also, Sadie is worried that Billy is looking for another lawyer. This is indeed happening. (laughs) The clergyman thing was way off, but Mm. indeed, Billy was worried that Sadie is doubting his innocence, and he wants people who believe in his innocence. His mother doesn't even believe he's innocent. Mm. In fact, his mother says to his face, yes, I think you killed her. Yeah. It's like, Mom, you don't... You you do you think do you think I actually did it? Yeah, yeah. I think I think you did it, but yeah. you're my son, and that doesn't matter. There was a time when I thought the twist was going to be that the mom did it or had it done. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was going to. It seemed like pretty obvious, but let's be honest here, it's not a particularly complicated uh, mm-hmm. uh, type of murder mystery. But uh, we'll talk about that in the last couple episodes because they we do get some resolution, which is mm-hmm. kind of nice. Um, But yeah, so actually, uh, this is an episode in which a trans woman is arrested for stabbing a famous baseball player, and they have to argue that, um, because it's it's a self-defense case, but he was actually walking away when she stabbed him, Mm. but they have to argue that the things he was saying made her feel sufficiently threatened because Mm. of society. It's a words can hurt. Yeah, and mm. that in this certain in certain context into certain people, different words have different mm. levels of harassment and intensity and threat. And uh, okay, mm. decent subplot. Not going to argue with it. That that one's fine. Um, yeah, uh, uh, this, and this is uh, where we first start getting into uh, the Judith Light character. Yeah. So, um, so if you'll recall, Sadie's mom, played by Judith Light, mm. is. In, in, in prison for life for her role in the murder of a cop after she and a group of political radicals were attempting to I'm, rob places to raise awareness and change mm. political blah blah. blah. So it, all it, it's of, kind of Syrianese Liberation Army a little bit, but it, mm-hmm. it, it all comes from like that 60s rebellion thing. And yeah. she's supposed to be yeah this kind of lapsed rebel who still yeah. feels the man is trying to get her down. Yeah. Um, that whole storyline sucks. <laughs> it's not very interesting. It's just not very interesting. And it's what I can tell what they're trying to do. They're trying to give Sadie like a lot more personal connection. And, uh, well, because like to, she, to, her, her to whole the other things that are going on in Sadie's the show, rather than plot. cordon her off from the rest of the show and mm-hmm. just have her within the Billy story, they want to get her a little bit well, more involved in some other things. They want to give her something to do. They mm-hmm. want to give Elliot Gould, who has a longstanding relationship, some mm-hmm. romantic but not necessarily um they never really uh, uh mm. acted upon romantic feelings but there's clearly a romantic underpinning between Elliot Gould and Jill, Judith Light to give him some to work with it's also Sadie's whole plot is that she is a prickly lawyer that not everyone likes and that she's sleeping with her client mm. you need a sympathetic subplot or she <laughs> sucks a lot so, so a, a, and, and not, you can't so, give her side cases too often so this was yeah. their attempt to give her something sympathetic and so, show that she had a rocky past with her mom and yeah. her mom didn't raise her and yeah. she has 
a sister that she has kind of a rocky relationship with. And, and now Judith Light has oh. a parole hearing coming up, mm-hmm. and it seems like think times have changed. Some of the other people who were arrested and, and convicted at the same time for the same thing are getting paroled. Maybe she can get paroled. Oh, there's hope now. Also, she has cancer and is mm-hmm. dying. And you can tell that the instant they put a camera on her because the makeup artists are not subtle and they give her those big, sickly, dark circles under her eyes. She looks yeah. like Iggy Pop. Yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's like they're really hammering home the, the ultimate tragedy of Judith Light's can, can plight. You, can you forgive your mom? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and listen, that's that's kind of inherently dramatic in its construct in practice it feels so contrived and it's so stretched out it's really really stretched out like the, the just the the hearing just goes on this this is not going to be for like a couple more episodes but the hearing with yeah. the judith light character just takes up half an and, episode and they bring in other characters yeah. to, on our behalf it's like i don't care get back to the quick pace and light tone yeah. that you had earlier that was nice that was nice when you were doing that yeah um, so yeah, uh, everything else with Faith, um, episode there's seven, there's a negligent rehab clinic that turns out okay. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And that we're one. moving on. Episode seven, where do we go from here? Our theory was a couple's arguing leads to crimes on both sides and they have to forgive each other or they'll both go to jail. Meanwhile, Sadie and Billy are on a road trip because Billy has a secret and of course they end up sleeping in a barn. Uh, we missed the road trip by one episode, but it was with Sadie and Cameron. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. We were a little, close. a little close. It was about time for a road trip. Uh, oh, we were uh, right about that. <laughs> actually, and we're going to get into a character we haven't talked a lot of, we haven't even mentioned yet, is Nick. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick gets is, more important as the season progresses. Yeah, and uh, Nick is sort of the, he used to be uh, in prison. He went to prison for a white-collar crime. Fraud. He yeah. defrauded people out of their mm-hmm. money and their property. And uh, not violent crime is my point. And yeah. he, while in prison, decided to sort of turn his life around. He got interested in the law and came, came out determined to become a lawyer. And he's now working at the firm and he's not yet past his bar. And he's going yeah. to over the course of the series and yeah. start trying cases. Yeah. And um, so he's he's involved more. He's trying more cases. But he's he's really kind of. He's not uptight, but he's really nervous a lot of the time because mm-hmm. he has to prove himself. Constantly. And, and I like the character a lot. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. In, this is also the episode in which we find out uh, that uh, Tiffany is engaged mm-hmm. to her childhood sweetheart. And Tiffany and Nick have had uh, a little bit of, uh, oh, they're probably going to end up yeah, together little, because little, they're little... age appropriate and cute. They're they're flirty flirty. They work together a lot, and they're both sort yeah. of sort of naive in their own ways. The two the two big cases going on right now in this episode. Uh, there's a purse snatching vigilante case where a guy ran a purse snatcher over with his car. <laughs> and, um, uh, and how how does the law find that? Um, and uh, also Isaiah's daughter is getting divorced. And uh, Sadie volunteers or ends up helping her out with that. It ends up being more complicated than they expect. Mm. Yawn. <laughs> well, um, it, it's it's kind of cute because of how we get to see. I like the scenes where Sadie gets to lawyer, essentially, yeah. which she doesn't get a whole lot to do with the Billy case because they don't do the Billy case every episode. So occasionally she takes the side case. And this one, it's all it centers on a baseball card. Yeah, turns out the baseball card's super expensive and they were trying to just sort of sneak it in on the list. Yeah, the the husband was trying to sneak it out without the wife noticing. She noticed and... Yeah, ended up being real bad. Next episode. I I, I like that sister character. She has kind of an emotional story and it's about losing the family. It's fine. The actress does a good job. It it all folds into the theme of family and yeah, it's all... The theme of family is a pretty general theme. 
In this episode, it's a little stronger. Okay. Episode eight, Top Dog Underdog. Mm. Our theory was a canine cop dog eats a criminal because there was a cologne spiced with meat flavoring, which you stole from another which show. Which I stole from another show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how, wouldn't it have been fun if doubt in the year 2017 ripped off likely suspects? Yeah. Meanwhile, the prosecutor has a conflict of interest because he's Sadie's law school rival. Funnily enough, that's actually the plot between Cameron and her prosecutor boyfriend. Yes. So, so we were right just pick the wrong just, characters. Uh, we're we're, we're hitting, hitting the dartboard, just not the right number. Um, so uh, in this episode, Nick, it's Nick's first day in court, and he's up against a district attorney who put him away, and he doesn't remember Nick. Yeah. And he argues at the end very nicely, I remember the people you de- you 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 stole from. Uh, I just don't remember you. <laughs> I, I prosecute you. You're the bad guy here. Yeah. I, you're I, a good lawyer now. I'm uh, glad you turned your life around. Mm-hmm. But I remember the people you stole from whose lives you ruined. That's what I was focused on and, at and, the time. And, and you know what? And Nick, to his credit, is humbled. He's outraged that he has to look at this guy, and the guy doesn't remember him, and he's really mad, but mm-hmm. he keeps his cool, and he has this mature conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, this gets to actually why I really like Doubt. Um, hmm. The characters are all professionals, and they're all nice to one another, and they're all professionals to one another. There's not a lot of petty backstabbing. There's not a lot of sniping. There's no hatred. These are actually good people, even if they do some bad things. Uh, in fact, Sadie's the only one who's doing something really outwardly wrong throughout all And that's all of this. part of the problem with it. I agree with you that that's a selling point. I yeah. totally agree with you that that's a selling point. That's a nice thing. And it's nice that they're able to make, because there's so much external drama from all these cases, mm. they're able to get away with not having a lot of petty soap opera shenanigans going yeah, on at the yeah. office. Like however, people, people have relationships, but there there's not vengeance or rivalry. Ho- however, the protagonist is such a problem because mm-hmm. her plot isn't very interesting and she's doing a lot of horrible things and as a result that kind of sucks away mm-hmm. from that positive quality. This is my problem with that. There's actually a lot of admirable as the series settles in, there's a lot of admirable qualities. Again, mm-hmm. I like the cast. Generally speaking, the cast is good. Yeah. Um, there's some good writing here and there. It's a couple of funny scenes, a couple of good moments. Uh, I, the whole Billy murder plot sucks. Like, it's just terrible. And we're going to talk about the well, twist at the end, why it sucks. I, I don't think it's terrible. It's I think terrible. It's, it's just sort of boilerplate. That's one of the reasons why it's terrible. Um, we'll talk about specifically why it's terrible at the <laughs> yeah, end. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's confused. I think the emphasis is wrong. Sadie is the least interesting character in the entire show, and she's the main character who gets the most screen time. And I think that's a problem for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, this is the one with uh, Judith Light's parole hearing. She doesn't get her parole. Um, It goes on and on and on. It's really boring. It's my least favorite episode. (laughs) It's not not a good episode. Tiffany embarks on a not-my-pants defense. They find drugs in a guy's pants. Mm. She says it wasn't his pants, and she manages to make that work somehow. Episode 9. To see, to tell. Uh, we, we this is the cannibal episode. Yeah, this we is talked the, about this okay. One so this is an actual cannibal episode. Our theory was going to be about a child witnessing a murder, mm-hmm. and meanwhile, the ditzy secretary sees Sadie and Billy making out and can't keep that secret. The ditzy secretary actually eventually sees Tiffany and Nick making out, yeah. and can't well, keep that secret. Uh, so we were right, but wrong. The the the, the ditzy receptionist. Uh, 
is so feckless and so guile free mm-hmm. that whenever there's a big secret and she hears about it, she just says it and doesn't even realize that it was supposed to be a secret. And I think that's kind of refreshing mm-hmm. that there wasn't scene after scene of, are they going to keep the secret? No, we have this character who's just going to say it. And now we have to deal with that drama. Right. We're not going to have that stupid story where people are keeping secrets from each other. Yeah. Um, and at this point, the, the trial is really starting to heat up a bit. Mm-hmm. Albert realizes uh, that Sadie and Billy are sleeping together and he is understandably pissed. And and he says he's going to leave the case, but then he's, he realizes that they're friends, but she's doing such an unethical thing and he kept it a secret from, she kept it a secret from him for so long that once the case is over, he's out. He's just, he's going to yeah. leave the firm. Basically, he's not going to talk to Sadie anymore because this is not cool. Basically, the only thing that happens is if they lose the case, the case is going to have a mistrial because of this. So the only way to help Sadie out is to win the damn case. Mm. Because if they don't, so, everyone's life is ruined. Stakes are up. It's yeah. good. It's good drama. It's okay. Uh, let's see. Episode ten. Oh, finally. And, and there's the uh, mm. subplot with the sister who's brought in from Korea. That's that's part it's, of it. Billy has a sister, as a half sister from Korea, mm. who turns out to have seen him standing over the body. Mm. It doesn't go anywhere terribly. Well, then that they bring in her therapist. It's just mm. supply. That's saying that it was Sulu's daughter from Star Trek Generations. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah that actress. Um, <laughs> I've seen that movie enough that I recognized her. Uh, episode 10. Our theory was that the episode finally was going to be about assisted suicide of an elderly couple while Billy and Sadie, Sadie finally have sex, but it's not great. But at this point, <laughs> Billy and Sadie have been fucking quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. And uh, the, the storyline in finally uh, is basically Billy's. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's Billy's trial. Uh and th- this is Visit. the one where Peter. This is more about Cam and Peter. Uh, yeah, the, about will they disclose their relationship story, or not? Uh, this is a lot of is devoted to that one. So yeah, we talked uh, about it already. All right, episode eleven. I'm in if you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, our theory was it was going to be Elliot Gould's celebrity buddies have a cameo. Many of them would be Alan Arkin. Uh, <laughs> and all played by Alan Arkin. And meanwhile, Judith Light gets involved in the case because her bunkmate has evidence. We were right that they would try to engage Judith Light, but they kept her so separate that every time she pops up, it's a digression. Mm. Having her get involved in the actual case would have been contrived, but at least it would have given her a reason to be on screen. I mean, they have Judith Light. Judith Light. They clearly tried to make the character more interesting than she ended up yeah. being. Um, but yeah, the, the case is heating up, so I guess we can focus on the way this sort of all comes together. The yeah. big drama at the end, they were episodes 11 and 12, is about uh, Billy wanting to testify and the lawyers convincing him what a terrible idea that is because the prosecution can just rip mm. him to shreds rather easily. Yeah. It's like, um, I didn't do it. Oh, yeah? Can you prove it? No? Okay. Next case. Uh, real, real, real fast. I want to confirm because this is in my notes. Mm. Uh, sure enough, the, Cam did indeed take Nick back in the next episode, but it was yeah, that's, quick. Yeah, that's what I thought. But it's, it was it's real quick. quick. It did yeah, feel real quick. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't the same episode, but it was real close. Right. Um, but yeah, the other thing is that Sadie believes that the prosecution, the... D- the district attorney of New York uh, has it specifically in for Billy because she has been taking a lot of campaign donations from the victim's mother. Mm-hmm. So her new th- plan uh, is to it, expose the corruption. Yeah, is to create a new narrative, which isn't that Billy's innocent, but that someone else is guilty mm. and at least guilty of trying to expose him because this case has been going on. They've been checking in on this case every year for over 25 years. Mm. Someone has is very passionate about this and maybe there's something wrong. And sure enough, we do find out that someone behind the scenes is 
way too invested, but it doesn't really pan out very well. G- given given uh, what certain politicians in this country have been embroiled in, it feels kind of timely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, conflicts of interest and campaign donations and all the rest. Episode 12, running out of time. Our theory was that Judith Light was going to try to get out of jail via Elliot Gould. That's actually happening. We were right about that. Different, reason, different reasons, though. We also argued that Sadie was going to have to betray her mom in order to win the case. Uh, that didn't happen. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, we thought in this episode we'd find out that Billy didn't do it, do it, but Sadie thought he did and fails him in some way. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, episode 12 actually was about uh, a woman stepping into a police station covered in blood while Tiffany happened to be there. Mm. Tiffany takes the case just because it's an opportunity for her. Right. And she's has a rare sleep disorder in mm. which she acts out her dreams and she killed her best friend uh, in, in her sleep, in her sleep. And the question and, is, is and she, that is freaking terrifying. <laughs> that, is, that is a terrifying idea. They really do not get into the fact that if that if she is actually doing this, then she should be under someone's care. Well, there should should be some some someone watching that, her in these situations for safety. That sake. would have been part of the sentencing, though. You not would, part of the actual case, and so, they're yeah. usually very specific about the sentencing when they resolve these things. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that they didn't bring it up. Also, they they get this woman off, and then they uh, Tiffany realizes, oh shit, she did it. She just that was actually premeditated murder, and they're using this as an excuse. Yeah, yeah. It's just glances that she sees between like those the. Mm. The accused and the victim's husband. Look, look but, there's there's only so many things you can do with a, a trial. You know, I've I've seen a lot of legal shows. Sure, and they either did it or they didn't. Yeah, and it's you know, and either the defense lawyer knows or the defense lawyer doesn't know, and the defense lawyer is in a, is in an awkward position because they have to defend their client even if they are guilty, and mm-hmm. the the client has to say right away if they're guilty, and they have to find out what the truth is, so. They can defend it, get it off, big catharsis, but it turns out they actually did. Yeah. Or they get per- or they get prosecuted and they didn't do it. So there's only so many twists you can throw in there. It's fine that it's here. It's, in this episode, yeah, there's only so much you can do. In this episode, Sadie Glibs gives her closing remarks to the jury, mm. and seconds beforehand, the DA tells her that her mom is dying, which she didn't know yet. Mm. <laughs> so is, she's a little distracted, which is pretty fucked up. Um, and uh, also, uh, Ca- Nick Cameron knew though, like everybody knew, and she gets yeah. really mad at everybody for not telling mm. her. Uh, Nick has to go in front of like an ethics board to prove he's ethical enough to be a lawyer, mm. and he ends up disclosing this horrible murder. He was accidentally a party to in prison, mm. and that turns out to be a mistake in the next episode. Well, and uh, might have been the entire like main case in season two. Yeah, basically, it's going to real heads mm. up. Uh, and at the end of the episode, it's got a hung jury, but they push for them to have a verdict. Episode thirteen, the return. This had no title when we were guessing, oh. so we had we were just. So our theory was that it was going to involve the whole thing was going to uh, revolve around a framing device with Sadie playing chess with Elliot Gould, something that <laughs> Elliot Gould does in previous episodes. <laughs> this is true. There's, scenes, is. there's chess scenes before. It's New we York. Just, he goes to the park and he plays yeah. chess. That's a and thing. Sadie ends up going along. It's all be told flashback structure, or it was going to be a flash forward structure, and we were going to find out that Tiffany had been murdered. Cameron was now running the law form. <laughs> Elliot Gould is dead, and it turns out Billy did it after all. And the last line would be. I have doubts. 
<laughs> I like our episode. Our episode oh, well, was it, pretty good. This one, it's it's structured. This last episode is structured so strangely because it begins pretty much with the verdict. Yeah, just get out and, of the way early. The yeah, verdict so, comes in, and they find they find Billy innocent. Billy is not guilty, and yeah. and there's celebrations, but yeah. then there's also subplots because Nick is now in big trouble because he was part of he facilitated a murder, and yeah. now he's culpable for that, and now he's going to be on trial. Yeah, uh, it, and Albert has to because Elliot Gould mm-hmm. has to stake his parole uh, through the firm. His firm cannot represent him, so Albert has to quit the firm. Al- Albert, yeah, he dramatically was, quits the f- like on uh, the spot, and he wasn't going right to. He changed Elliot his Gould. mind about it. Uh-huh. He quits right away so he can defend Nick. So it's actually a pretty good little cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out in like the last scene. After Billy has asked Sadie to marry him, and there's a big keep... celebration party, yeah. and the, the she's meeting all of rich, his family, horrible mothers, and, drinking champagne, and, and, and Sadie meets Billy's cousin, who it turns out is actually much more handsome and attractive. And I wish that actor had played Billy. Fair enough, because he was just great in that one scene. That's not what I was getting at, but okay. okay. Uh, it turns out that Billy, unbeknownst to mm. his lawyer and the prosecution had leukemia and had a bone marrow or blood transplant from his cousin. And now that changed his blood type. And he specific, it turns out he specifically volunteered to have his DNA taken because he knew it wouldn't match. Screw with the blood. So So it turns out he did it. And after all, that's it. (laughs) Well, he did, he did it. And uh, it's actually a really great ending. Like Mm. for a show that is Done? It's a great ending. Okay, I'll grant you it's pretty good. Because it's literally just Sadie yeah. telling Albert he did it, and, and then, then Billy comes in and says, Hey guys, what hey, you talking yeah, what about? What are you talking about? She turns around and looks at him, cut to black. Credits. Good ending, but terrible twist. Because that is fucking stupid. You're telling me that the prosecution, like, mm-hmm. a, like a district attorney has had a bug up their butt about this case for 26 years and isn't going to actually follow through. There's a whole they have people. On the witness stand saying how it's impossible to like fake these blood tests. And there's a really legitimate thing that would be on the books that would be in any medical record. Mm. He had leukemia. That's not like a go to the outpatient care. That's actually like something people are going to know about. There's socialites. There's there's tabloid reporters who oh, would well, know about this. This it's well, here's, absurd here, here's, that this was the well, twist. My, my theory was that he, uh, you know, he did it and he knew that a blood test was going to be part of this. Yeah. So he faked leukemia to get that but even so I don't care if he faked it he couldn't he wasn't going to do it in his garage it had to be at a hospital this would be on the record this would be on a serious medical record. Any serious investigation into this guy, not only the murder, but his attempts to cover it up by a a district attorney who believes he did it, they're not gonna like, oh yeah, leukemia. Not interested. That's they're <laughs> that, gonna they're gonna at it's, least it's a weird thing to bring up at the last minute. It's a weird All thing right. to bring up at the last minute, and it's a huge plot hole and it pisses me off. Because I think that's a lame twist. Okay. It sounds like a good twist, but as soon as you're thinking the, about it, it's only, a really lame twist. It's a, it's a strange plot detail. I think it's fine that it turns out he did it all along. And I'm the, fine the, with and that. And that everything was for naught. I'm uh, fine I with think, that. The specifics. Mm. The thing. The thing that makes you go, oh, wait, that's why he did it. Mm. I knew there'd be something because we found out he didn't do it, and but we're still following him along. There's going to be some sort of mm. reversal. Clearly he did it, or we'll find out his mother did it or something. The, just the specific thing they came up with sounds kind of clever until you realize it's fucking stupid that no one else noticed that. It's absurd. And that really, and then, really and we needed me to up. meet random cousin at a party to reveal this. Yeah, it's story. really awkwardly um, done. It, it's. Yeah. It bothered me. All right. Um, fine. Uh, doubt. Okay. So 
you you and so initially mm-hmm. when we had only seen two episodes, we both argued that doubt hadn't been canceled too soon. That mm-hmm. two episodes was enough. It wasn't very good. It sounds like it really grew on you. It grew on me. Uh, yeah. the, the more I sort of got into the way the show was structured and the way we kind of got to see multiple cases at once, the way it was like light and hefty by turns, and the way the characters interacted with one another all became very, very appealing. And uh, by the time we got to the end of the show, I was actually really involved mm. um, in not just their dr- the their own personal dramas, but just in the way the show was set up. And I was really kind of propulsed along. And like mm. I said, I appreciated that it was a light show about cool-headed professionals doing their jobs well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I've always appreciated uh, when you know you do a vocational-based show. I don't like shows about dirty cops. I like shows about good cops. Not, sure. not like good-hearted cops necessarily, just cops that are good at their jobs. Right. Uh, so, yeah, seeing a show in 2017 especially where we, you know, post-Breaking Bad where there's all these shows about the fall of man, it's nice to see a show where there, things are can be a little bit light and also kind of a little bit serious, but we have professionals at our backs. Mm. And uh, some of them were really funny and there was a lot of really good laugh lines. And I did like that the tone overall, despite some of the hefty material, was kind of light, but it allowed for heftier material. I thought it was actually very deftly put together. Mm. The char- and yeah, the characters are all smart. They're all nice to each other. I like that they don't bicker about useless crap because that's the most boring thing in the world to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, the only character I didn't like was Billy, and I thought the, well, the he's, I, I thought turned the, out he was a murderer. So a tra- I guess so. Uh, just uh, I, but man, they, I, I if, wish I if wish we had if liked him, that really would have been one hell of a twist. Yeah, if if he was more charming and we got to know why Sadie was just so into this guy to begin with, it would have played a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Judith Light storyline was kind of useless. It's but a shame because she's really good. She, she's she sells every she's a scene. Fantastic she's so actress, good. but yeah, her just yeah. her story and her writing is just no good. So. Mm-hmm. These are, you know, small quibbles in a show that I think could only stand, could have gotten stronger as it went on. And you, you mm. hear people tell stories about how, oh, well, give it till season three. It gets good then. Well, people I, don't have I'd the patience be, for that. Anymore, I'd be willing to give Doubt a, a couple more seasons. And I think if it had lasted up to 100 episodes, it really would have been gangbusters. Um, my thing with Doubt, mm. I, I, I will say this. If they only had the two episodes... Mm-hmm. Not cancel too soon. Those two episodes weren't very good. The first two episodes are not good. It does find its footing later, and I'm glad it aired the rest of them because the, the cast is really good. Mm-hmm. Every uh, Dule Hill, um, um, the woman who plays Cameron, who's uh, Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox. Thank you. <laughs> she's great. She finally, yeah. when she gets more material, again, she's great. Um, even Catherine Heigl, when she actually has a fun scene and isn't just trapped mm-hmm. in this very contrived sleeping with my. Mm-hmm. Client bullshit. <laughs> she can be real, real fun. Though the episode, I wasn't a fan of the episode, but the episode where she was the L.A. Gould's daughter's divorce attorney, mm. she she has a lot of fun with that. There's yeah. this whole bit like permission to destroy him. Granted, thank you. <laughs> like they're actually like, and, and she gets to be kind of vicious. And she gets get to be to engaged. See why, why she's feared? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So so that's good, and I do agree that it's a selling point. That all of these people like each other and that they're good at their jobs and there's something encouraging about that. My problem with the show isn't that it's not slick. It is slick. Mm. My problem with the show is I don't know why I'd watch it. Mm. I don't know wh- what's, what separates this from other legal shows. Okay, the cast is good. Other casts are also good. Mm. Uh, the tone is light. Okay, so this is the kind of show I can watch and just enjoy real casually and then there'll be a really 
fucked up subplot mm. that I have to really think about and it doesn't really fit. It feels well, really off-putting in a way that doesn't feel it doesn't feel like they're getting at something. It feels like they're just trying to cover all their bases. And that doesn't mm. work for me and it doesn't give the show enough personality. It makes it feel like the show is fighting itself. I, and I, I'm not a big fan of right. that. Um, I, I, again, this is not as heavy a quibble or it's not as heavy a critique as I had of the first two episodes. Mm. It gets better. Yeah, I, and I think the the last twist sucks. It's not that it's not the <laughs> twist itself. It's just how they decided to put yeah. it together. That's, Again, I think it doesn't work. It's, it's, it's no, it's, it's no, it's terrible. Enough. It doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't literally function. Like mm. that's the thing that it, that doesn't work. That 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 bothers me. Even if we had just randomly talked to someone who said that no, he confessed to me, he did it. That would have been enough. Mm. That would have been the same thing, and it wouldn't have totally broken the entire seasonal arc <laughs> because it never came up. It's mm. it's it's ludicrous. Um, I I think um it's it's noteworthy historically and certainly very classily handled Laverne Cox's whole storyline, which raises the question, if that's the biggest selling point of the show, mm-hmm. why the fuck isn't she the lead? <laughs> I know Catherine it's, Heigl it's is... An is, is film. It's an, an ensemble film. It's, yeah. it's an ensemble, but Catherine Heigl is the lead. Yeah, you're right. She is. She's the selling point. And I appreciate that maybe we're not there as a society yet, and that's fucking sad. But even so, she's the most interesting character. The fact that she's her storylines are handled with a certain amount of grace mm. and and without uh, um, what, what am I, it, it, unnecessary melodrama or mm. any sort of fanfare, that she can just have conversations with other trans people in the storyline about relationships and not have it be... Uh, uh, about this is the episode in which we have a conversation. Very special episode. Yeah, it's just normal. That's Uh, great. I like all of that. Uh, But again, it it feels like the show doesn't have enough of a single identity and I wouldn't watch it after this. I wouldn't. I would be like, I would be like, this is competently produced, but I'm not particularly interested. This is one show that if had, if, if it does continue, I would actually probably try to tune it in. Like I'd I'd actually want, follow this show. I actually really, really dug it. I thought, I, I I think it was the tone more than anything. Okay. Um, you know, like you said that, you know, Allie McBeal had a light tone, but it was like super twee. It got, it got ridiculous after a while. I I think I saw like maybe two thirds of an episode of Allie McBeal and I just wanted to slap everyone. Like it started out Um, okay, but by like the end of season one or beginning of season two, it was just absurd like, and it's hard to take seriously at all. I, I love Peter McNichol, but jeez. Oh, so um, so th- this is like a non-insufferable Ally McBeal, where the Fair characters enough. are actually a lot more competent and is- interesting and not neurotic. Yeah. That's another thing. None of them are neurotic. They have problems, but they're, well, a couple of them are neurotic. Couple not, of them are not little, particularly a little neurotic. neurotic. They're not defined by the fact that they're there neurotic. And I think neurotic. Mm-hmm. Speaking as someone who is neurotic, <laughs> um, it's it's certainly compelling. It can be a very interesting character trait, but that shouldn't be all you've got. No, and and w- watching have, your, what are you neurotic about? At least give me that. Watching a, a neurotic person kvetch for an hour is like just sandpaper on the eyes. So. Yeah, it's it's. Anyway, I I was I was really really digging. Well, it. I'm glad That's, we revisited. I, it. I gotta gotta say it again. But, yeah. I'm glad we revisited it. Uh, yeah, me too. And uh, uh, we'll try not to mess up again. <laughs> again, 
something just gets canceled, we hear your vote. Yeah. We'll put it on the list. We're going to wait gonna a little wait bit. Wait a little bit just in case. Yeah. Although, um, although that Fitzgerald double up is pretty interesting, don't you think? Oh, yeah. The, there's the, two shows the, about the last tycoon, The last tycoon, <laughs> which is based on a book by F. Scott Fitzgerald and the biography of Zelda Fitzgerald, both got canceled at the same time. So we'll, assuming neither of those get picked up elsewhere, we will get to those eventually because mm-hmm. that sounds fun. Um, in the meantime, <laughs> our, uh, our unnamed September theme month... Mm-hmm. Really should have come up with a name for it. But basically, everything that was canceled last season will continue. Uh, it will continue. And continue apace. Pretty soon, actually. We're not going to have to wait a whole week for the next one. We're going to be reviewing Emerald City. The, uh, the the grim and gritty new Wizard of Oz attempt. Yeah. Uh, put out by, by Tarsem. Yeah, Tarsem Singh from The Cell and The Fall and Mirror Mirror, who is one of the more interesting visual stylists we have right now. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do with that. Uh, We should be joined by a special guest, schedule permitting. Fingers, um, fingers crossed on from, that one. from the movie trivia Schmodown. <coughs> um, someone who I, I think we're all a very big fan of if you watch the movie trivia Schmodown. Uh, so stick around for that that'll be really great we're also going to have uh in the next week week and a half uh, our latest uh cancel too soon monthly movie for all of our patreon subscribers that's right we're going to be reviewing the very well regarded but perhaps maybe hasn't aged well we'll find out tv miniseries in the 90s based on gulliver's travel starring ted danson as as lemuel gulliver that was a huge television event that was a big deal when that happened back when these sort of things were just starting up yeah, like it's been a long time. The age of Andersonville and and Bye mm. Bye Birdie and yeah, like c- cable yeah. stations were starting to do Magical these sort of World of the Leprechauns. Yeah, these these big budget, high profile TV. There's an Alice in Wonderland in there as well. Oh, yeah, just expensive there's, there's, fantasy mm. miniseries. Uh, Merlin came out around this time. Not, there was I'm, a big adaptation sure of the if, Odyssey. I'm not sure if this one kicked it off, but it was definitely of that school. It was the one that <laughs> it was. There had always been big TV miniseries, but mm. like there was like a, an era in the late '90s, early 2000s when they. Was was just a, networks were relying on these television events, yeah, yeah. And Gulliver's Travels was, at the very least, it was considered one of the best. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it holds up. And then next month for October, we're going to be uh, sometime this week. We're going to reveal on Patreon our latest poll for the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie. You're going to help us pick which Stephen King miniseries we're going to review in October. <laughs> and there have been plenty. Yeah, and we're not going to we're not going to offer you the popular ones. We're going to get oh, into the no. weird and terrible ones. So that'll be a lot of fun. We'll announce that later this Why week. Why do you want us to talk about the popular ones? You've you, seen The you Stand. Know, you've seen The Stand. You've seen <laughs> It. I'll, I'll tell you one right now. Tommyknockers is on the list. No one likes Tommyknockers. Tracy Lords is in Tommyknockers. Okay, well, there's one selling point in Tommyknockers. <laughs> I like Tracy Lords. I love Tracy Lords. I meant that as a, as a compliment. She's she's a good actor when she gets a good role. Um, so uh, yeah, that's it for the canceled uh, for canceled too soon. Uh, we uh, we're gonna cut this one a little short because we've already done an episode of Doubt, but. Um, yeah, we will we will read more letters. You can email us canceled too soon at gmail.com. You can follow us at canceled cast. Canceled always has one L. That, um, that's only on Twitter. We don't have an Instagram or nothing. No, no, we don't. But uh, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash cancel too soon. And you can subscribe to get uh, bonus videos, uh, help pick future episodes of the show, uh, various prizes. There's there's a lot of cool stuff on there and every uh, little bit helps. And if you can't afford to contribute and you want to help the show out, totally great. Here's what you do. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find the show. Leave us a review. Give us a star rating. Mm. Takes a minute, even if just one sense. Boom. Mm. 
Tell it like it is. Just it helps but, us find an audience. It helps us build the signal, boost the signal. It really but be helps. sure to say something really, really flattering because our egos need it. Well, I mean, listen, I, I have a fragile ego. I'm not going to argue that. But I would also never tell anyone to lie. Mm. So uh, uh, listen to your heart. <laughs> listen to your heart Follow is what heart. I will tell you. But even if you just tell people, you know, hey, listen to this fun podcast and we, they review shows that no one gives a crap about. And maybe you do. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if it's a good idea for a show. <laughs> People seem to like it. So thank you very much for listening. For, for, for those who have who have insisted on sticking around, thank you. Bless you. Thank you. You're all really, really wonderful. Uh, so we'll be back uh, in a few days with Emerald City. And uh, that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season.